We've received emails lately at Manuscrewed asking why people listen to Manuscrewed. It's got to be because of insights like this from Jack LaCroix. Hi, my name's Jack. I like uh, pre-1800s poetry, good whiskey, and long walks on the beach. And if you'd like to read my blog or possibly see new photos of me, by all means, check out The Bitter Better Man. Don't forget, there's also the wise wisdom of Roberto. You could sell some of my kids if I could pay for that bill. And... The man who makes the whole thing spin, Tangent. They just literally blow you off and don't even, you know, don't even like kiss you on the way out the door in the morning, then I would say, you know what? Uh, F them. Along with some of our special guests. Yeah, you know, Chuck Norris wears KYT pajamas, right? And now, welcome to Manuscript. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Welcome to another episode of Men of Magic. Oh, no, wait. Monday Night Magic. No, wait. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Manuscrewed. Okay. That's where we're supposed to be this week. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Tangent is at the MTG Cast Festival with Tom and uh, some of our wonderful friends that listen to the MTG Cast Network. Uh, we also would like to thank our friends at GatheringMagic.com, your one-stop source for everything and anything in magic. But I am joined this week by three co-hosts. Uh, one is the most notorious man in magic. He is getting more love now than ever, and supposedly he's going to Wyoming to get even more love. It's Jack. Robert, regardless of my actions, I will never be quite the whore that you are when it comes to broadcasting. Ah, uh, you, Jack. <laughs> I, I miss you, buddy. You're the one beneath my wings. I Sometimes I like I trace the cheeks on the picture of you I have beside my desk. Wow, cool. I'm glad yeah. somebody has my picture. <laughs> Second, the host of Heart of Notions, or as Tangent would call it, Heart of Nations. Um, I have the now new co-host of, oh, damn it, I just forgot the damn show. Oh, Lord, it's one of those that, days. That would be the great debate. So. The great debate with Gavin Verhey and Sam Stoddard. Both of them, Gavin's doing the announcing this week, and Sam probably going to make a run to the top 32 this weekend. It is... You know him, you love him. It's Chris Lansdale. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and I am about to rival Robert for podcasting whoredom. And the person who actually brings sanity to our show, a judge, someone who can actually deal with the three of us nincompoops at one time, level two judge, the only one with logical information on the show, is Charlotte. Hi. Um, Hi. Wait, I'm supposed to be the sane one here? I think yes, you are. Here. Yes, you are. Well, well, may God have mercy on us all. <laughs> <laughs> How are those Sarah Ascendants treating you, Charlotte? <laughs> you guys should You're talk a, a little bit about your battle there. <sighs> do we have show notes? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay. No, we're just going to like swing this one, I think. Like, we kind of do whores in motion. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I wanna, I'll start with the first one. It's uh, with F&M promo cards... 
why they are mostly useless. Uh, June's card is uh, Ronix Moore War Monk. This card was not a stable during his time. Should they at least give cards to people that are useful in Legacy and/or Extended? I don't think you finished reading. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not I reading the rest of it. Are, are you sure about that? Because yes. I'm extremely upset with this question. Well, they <laughs> be upset they do, about they it. Do, they do. They put out cards that people freaking play. Rocks War Monks all play when it was out in, in no. standard. It's all play and extended. And then, like, what about Squadron Hawk? What about Tide Hollow Skuller? What about all these other cards that actually have seen play? Ah! Wall of Omens. Sight beyond sight. No. Oh, I mean, Robert, really? Come on. Really. And anything that has to be a few stinkers. I mean, they can't just have, you know, great card, great card, great card all the time. You know, it has to have something. And the thing is, like, I mean, something like, I mean, I think the only real dud I've seen in F&M in the last while is, like, Artisans of Kozilek. I mean, is that played in anything? I mean, EDH side play. No, it's an auto-include in any EDH deck, man. Like, uh, nine mana for two creatures seems good. Okay, well, yeah, but, but I mean, since when are they making FNM promos for EDH, you know? Since they brought out Commander? <laughs> yeah, well, Commander's not out yet. Oh, right, okay, these five decks I have here must be illegally sold then. But, but they've, but they're still, they've acknowledged the format's existence. I mean, like, and it's kind of like in the last couple of sets they've been making cards specifically for it, but before we derail this entirely, I mean, yes. I, I agree with you, Charlotte, like, there are gonna be those ones where you're just like, wow, this blows entirely. <laughs> But for every one of those, you're going to have um, <clears throat> Spells that are Sprite, Robert, which I hear got lots of play when it was printed. Yeah, Oblivion Ring was a good one. Yeah. They're, they're, they're mostly good these days. I mean, they, have, they get a lot more duds with, like, the WPN promos, you know. But, I mean, even there, they make a lot of good ones, too. Uh, I, I got a Golem's Heart. Yeah, exactly. Like, Plague Stinger, okay. People at least want to play an Infect deck, even casually, but... Golem's Heart, really? Who's going to play that? I mean, uh, let's see what else. Kitchen Finks. Oh. Okay, Kitchen Finks, well, that's a good one, obviously, although the art was terrible on the promo. Yeah, it, it looked like a Gorilla album cover. I mean, ugh. Have yeah, we seen the art for the War Monk yet, for the F&M War Monk? Yeah, it's, I have. Pretty much, it's pretty much like just a close-up on the regular War Monk. It's still pretty terrible. Does it have pancakes? Yeah, yes, it's still it has pancakes. pancakes. <laughs> Then in that case, all is right with the world. Uh, sure, I guess. Um, but anyway, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I think the bigger the bigger duds are in the WPN promos, like the Golem's Heart or, you know. Yeah, those are tragically disappointing. I mean, like, like uh, we have, what, Vault Scourge, and then I can't even remember what the other one was for uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen those ones. But okay. I'm just thinking back, like, for, like, Going back a year, because, I mean, I, you know, this is how often I actually play in events rather than judge them. I mean, you know, for, like, Rise of the Eldrazi, it was what? Uh, Precisely. Uh, Nobody can recall no, it. No, no, It was Curse of Wizardry and the Path, Pathraiser of Ulamog or whatever the hell it was. You know, that, that stupid 11 cost one they have to block with three creatures, right? And then Curse of Wizardry, which is just a terrible card in general, not even, you know questioning why it should be made a promo, plus the art was pretty much the same. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just looking at this artwork. Is anyone else looking at this and instantly thinking of Bebop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? 
Uh, I haven't looked at it in a while, but yeah, yeah, from recollection. But again, most most Roxes look like Bebop, so to some degree. Jack, if for you for your benefit, that was a cartoon that used to come on TV when you were. No, no, no. I I used to be a huge uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, but I I don't really see the Bebop. I gotta admit. Okay. I see pancakes. I see delicious pancakes and some Mr. Buttersworth going on, but uh. Like, when I see this card, I just start salivating. I don't think that's good. Uh, well, I don't know. If you put, like, syrup on the card, though, it would actually taste like a pancake. No, it would probably taste like cardboard and plastic and ink, so. With syrup on it. And, like, foil wrapper. Oh, Put that in the microwave and see what happens. Uh, please, listeners, do not put foil wrap in the microwave. Hey, you guys should take uh, chlor- what is it, Clorox and uh, bleach and put them, and no, and ammonia and put them in a bucket. You'll make diamonds. <laughs> Manuscript podcast at ntgcast.com. Do not accept any responsibility for listeners taking note of what Jack says and trying it. <laughs> and for a hundred dollars and or a ca- cask of whiskey, I'll teach you how to turn lead into gold. So email me at jack at mtgcast.com, or follow me on Jack LaCroix on Twitter. Uh, and Eric is on the cast all of a sudden. We're going to move on for, to one that uh, we should probably do while Robert is eerily silent. And that's plotting. He's always he plotting. He is. He is. He's, uh, he's trying to figure out if he should attack Australia or not. Uh, so the Men of Magic podcast is heading towards number 50. Who do you want to see interviewed next on the show? Has Richard Garfield been interviewed? He has not. He, he Bam. Should be, he should be. He's the original man of magic. Make it happen. Yeah. Um, let's I'd, see. I'd like to see Jerry Thompson. Jerry Thompson would be good. Um, I Honestly, I haven't listened to all of them, so I'm not sure who has been done already, and I don't want to like say people that he's already interviewed. But, I mean... Uh, well, he hasn't done Jay Bush and Scotty Mack yet from the A-Team. He's done the other two. Yeah, but the other two actually have stuff going on beyond the podcast. So. Yeah, but with this being like the 50th one, I think he should really interview somebody that's very high up in the community. I mean, somebody like Jerry oh. Thompson would be great, but I think Garfield would be amazing. If you could get Garfield, that would be epic, absolutely. Oh, yeah, all it takes is a chloroform rag and a black van. That's not Don't happen, guys. You can't, you can't get him to come out of the closet and talk to people. It's the, there's a we're still trying to work on getting quote some people that work at Wizards to come talk to us and it's like Are I, you suggesting <laughs> that Richard Garfield is gay? No, I'm <laughs> suggesting I'm I'm saying that Richard Garfield has no ability to come out to talk to us. Are you <laughs> suggesting that my black fe- rag and chloroform wouldn't get anywhere? I mean, really? <laughs> Have you tried it yet, Robert? Actually, Wizards employees are not allowed to do podcasts. That's why Lions um, can't and, do it. Yes. So you won't be able to get Mara or anyone like that, but you could get Michael Flores or Patrick Chapin. Have you done Chapin yet? Twice. Twice. Ooh, kinky. Um, <laughs> ben Stark, uh, Paolo, well, you've done him already. Yep. Uh, have you done Have you done X Owen? Uh, no, Owen doesn't do interviews. Oh. Have you done LSV? Uh, LSV is, he's tough. He's got a very tight schedule and Tuesdays are actually kind of rough for him okay. so it, 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 it's something we're going to work out hopefully after this run through Providence okay there's got to be somebody on the network we can interview I mean BDM uh, BDM's actually done now two interviews in the last two months including okay. one recently so I kind of want to 
you don't want to like get too much of a person at one time. I I second Rich Hagen because he has like everything about Chris's accent one. that I like about any of the oh. oh Ricky Hayashi. I actually did a partial one with him when I was no. in Toronto, but no. it wasn't as good as I wanted. Sheldon no. Mennery. Sheldon, Sheldon, I've yeah, actually, but if this isn't like the podcast, it's going to get banned, so we can't do that. I know. <laughs> I've talked to Sheldon. He said he said he'd be willing to do it uh, after the after he becomes I don't know. Emeritus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he okay. su- pseudo retires. <laughs> right, right. So, because I, I mean, I'm sure he's got some stories to tell from the field. Actually, uh, I think 50s probably going to end up being a best of show. To kind of remind people of, you know, who was on and some of the great lines from it. And I've got a real funny stat for you guys. If I told you that between, and speaking of SCG Live, between Rashad Miller's downloads and Chewy from the Manipool, who had more? Chewy. Yes. Chewy. Chewy had more by 250. Wow. Mind you, Rashad hasn't been out that long, so he might catch up. I know. I'm just saying. It blew me away when I saw those numbers. I'm like, wow. Oh, Rashad's show... interview was really good. But... Yeah. Very think... interesting. Oh, Kibler would be a good one as well. Yeah, he's he's a little tougher. I'm 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 working on him. Um, Paul Reitzel said he would do it after things got settled down. He moved and. He's just trying to get uh, into his setup at in California. What about some of the older pros like uh, Kai Boudet or uh, Bob Maher, some of them? Mike that, Long. That Mike would be nice, but the only person who's going to be able to find them is Chris. Yeah. Oh, you know what would be epic? If you got uh, someone who spoke French. <clears throat> Sorry, I just have to clear my throat there. I did. Pedro, I had Pedro Canale on. No, no, no. If you get him to get them to interview one of the Guillaumes. Oh. Yeah, that might be a little more difficult. That's a bit awkward right now, though, probably. But. Uh, or shoot, or Saito uh, would be good, too, just for the controversy of it. Yeah, but Saito would take forever to answer oh. all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the podcast would be like six fucking hours long, and can, you can't even imagine the amount of silence you would have to edit out of it. No way. No, it'd be, be great. Could... it'd be great. All he'd ask, all he'd answer is one question, and that'd be the show, because I can only have it be an hour. You have to and, like, <laughs> and while we're waiting on him, you could have the uh, the Jeopardy music playing in the background. <laughs> There you go. Then you just bring Charlotte in and ask him to ask her to watch for slow play. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Or you, or you could uh, ask for Michael Puzge's email address and see if you can get him on. Might be financially beneficial. Oh. All right, guys. Joke shit. <laughs> all right, guys. With the Community Cup coming soon, the matchup of the event will be Ryan, as we all know, formerly of Limited Resources versus Marshall, the host of Limited Resources, in a Scars of Mirrodin draft format. Who you got to win when they go head-to-head? Marshall, all the way. I think Ryan scoops to Marshall. Oh, really? I think in a wrestling-centric turn of the ages, it's the deciding game, and Marshall gives Ryan the finger poke of doom, Ryan scoops, and the community wins, and we all get free cuts. Yeah, I'm good with that. Charlotte? 
I have, I honestly don't know. I've never listened to that podcast. <gasps> it's the best Get off the cast. cast out <laughs> Turn your mic off and go <laughs> away. <laughs> Dead to me. Dead to me. <laughs> actually, actually, you're right. I'm going to go with Marshall only because of the fact of it's the situation of does it's very hard to put your feelings aside for someone when you've worked with them like that to, you know, that the situation going because they both wanted that so bad to be on the community cup, and now they are against each other. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, this has to be awkward. It, it's going to be weird for both of them. I, I'm going to send Marshall an email just in case he doesn't listen to this, and I'm going to say to him that if this is being covered anywhere, he has to sit down opposite Ryan, and he goes, "When I left you, I was but the learner. Now." <laughs> I'm the master. <laughs> God. I, I think that he, considering who they are, I think they should both have their own intro music. Yes. By far. So, so then that would mean Ryan would come out to the Imperial March because now he works for the Evil Empire. <laughs> <laughs> the Evil Empire that lets us actually have a game to play. I, I know, I know, I know, but he's gone to the dark side now. <laughs> You know, he can't talk to So you're, se- you're telling me you I wouldn't, really you wouldn't look at work wizards for wizards if they offered. Oh, of course. Uh, no, this reminds me of the uh, Tales from the Pit about a week ago that Mario tweeted where I had the guy that had emailed him, and he was like, Dear Spawn of Satan Incarnate, I fucking hate your company. I would love a job. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Why do you continue to make cards in the game? I hate you. P.S. Any tips on getting a job? <laughs> I, I've sent those emails in before, so I can't say anything. Uh, well, of course, of course, everybody would go to the dark side. Hello, that's where all the power is. Sheesh, <laughs> makes it too easy. Aye. Well, for me, it would actually be really aggravating because I would get in there and I would love to talk about these cards that were coming out. And no, I, I'm not sure I could do it. I would be fired on the spot probably, or or suspended for three years, at least. Yeah, I would leak that God book so quick. Never <laughs> getting on there now. Jack would be doing a podcast every day. And this is the new card released this week. Oh, it's my card. Hey, look. It's Jace uh-huh. 3.0 with now seven abilities. <laughs> he comes on two cards. It's a gatefold. Yes. And he has Storm. And he's plus coming. one win the game. Yeah, plus one win the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, Jeez, what is his ultimate? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, win tournament. Everybody concedes. Now, you know what I really want on a Planeswalker? And it's going to take the next unset coming out, but I want a very casual-centric one that can influence other people's games. Like ass whooping. <laughs> I think that would be great. I still like, and this is the only time you'll ever hear me say these words in the same sentence, I like Medina's idea for a, a Planeswalker ability. Plus zero, proliferate. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Well, it wouldn't be plus zero, it would just be zero. But... Jeez, well, I think there was a judge on the call or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking templating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not only a judge, I'm also I'm also uh, big on custom cards and templating and stuff, so... Ah. I, I care about this stuff. So you're the next person we have to get a job in Renton? No, no, not really. Although I wouldn't mind. See? Have I ever claimed that I'm not on the dark side? Okay. That's true. That's you true. always walk the line there. I, I'm already a judge. I already have, like, I'm already, like, under their control, you know? 
You know, I actually wonder if Charlotte being a judge makes him really the most hated man on this podcast rather than me. Oh, God, I'm losing my touch again. Uh, we'll, we'll have to try harder. Yeah, we're going to have to try much harder. You guys are awful. All right, there was an article this week written by Brooke garner Man on Quiet Speculation. talks about the five most underrated cards in Standard. Uh, let's see if there's a card that we like in here or one that should be in instead. He had Phyrexian Revoker, Late Line of Sanctity, Duress, Yay! Mirren Crusader, and Spreading Seas. Dan Noyan, you'll notice that freaking Despise is not on this list. <laughs> so we should have had Duress slash Despise. Alright, so I would like to say something about Despise and Spreading Seas. Um, I think Spreading Seas has pretty much been moved out of the main board in favor of Tectonic Edge. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with Valakut not really being that big of an issue anymore, um, the need for that many answers in the main to handle that certain card have kind of ceased to exist. Um, as far as Duress and Despise, um, with the way Standard is set up... There's no Jack. And Jack goes yeah. silent. Well, that was the best was answer the we've ever gotten from him. <laughs> For me, um, I think Phyrexian Revoker is perfectly rated right now. Uh, it's a good card. It fits in a lot of decks, but I don't think he's on the same level. No, uh, no it's, it's a good answer card, but it doesn't. It, it's not perfect. It doesn't like stick around. I mean, it, it's fragile like all creatures are, and like all artifacts are. But, it, I mean, it's a good answer card, but it's certainly not, you know, an awesome, underrated card. People know about it, and they use it to decent effect, I think. Isn't the fact that people are not using Spreading Seas on man lands... Wouldn't that be a better idea, just to be able to crush them and destroy them in one swoop? Yeah. I, I'm uh, not entirely sure why people aren't playing that, since everybody's playing blue, because if you're playing standard and you're not playing Jace, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, Until June 20th, anyway. Well, Matt Marr almost made top eight at uh, the GP without it, running Smitty's green-white aggro deck. Yeah. You talk about KYT running Canadian Nationals as the death of Canadian Magic. If a Smitty deck ever top eights anything... That will be the death of magic in the world. Wow. <laughs> I nice. love City. I do. But th th that would be like the apocalypse. <laughs> I already thought KYT, you know, winning Canadian Nationals would be the apocalypse. Oh, no, no. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't know. It is Canada. That's true. But uh, I love Mirren Crusade. I think that's definitely yeah, underrated. Mirren Crusader is definitely underrated. Nice. Leyline of Sanctity, uh, if it wasn't double white to hard cast, I'd agree. Mm. Like a three and a white? Well, the thing is, you know, some percentage of the time it costs zero, so... Sure, but not enough of a percentage of the time, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I could make a top five list, because really, I mean, Molten Steel Dragon, I think, would be up there right now, or uh, Immolating Soul Eater, maybe. Pyromancer's Ascension is definitely top five underrated. Eh, I don't know. A card that I think is grossly underrated right now is Consecrated Sphinx. I mean, that card is just disgustingly powerful. Yeah. Apollo and that this weekend in his deck to win. That always yeah. seemed to be the right card at the right time, and when it came out, it was like, and I'm drawing, 
And I'm drawing more cards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, if they, unless they answer the, the Sphinx immediately, you're at least getting two cards off of it. And, you know, if they bounce it with Jace, okay, I cast it again and get another two cards. You know, it's still, it's still uh, a threat, and it's still, you know, it shuts down a lot of strategies. You know, okay, you'll brainstorm. I'll draw six and not have to put any of them back, you know? What does Paolo know about magic? I don't absolutely nothing, apparently. He's only, you know, won Grand Prix and Pro Tours and, you know. Uh, but really, in the grand scheme of things, how does that stack up compared we'll come, to we'll any back. other given player? We'll come back to that one later. We'll come back to that question later. But we have another one. We're finally in the process of getting an all-women's podcast together. The positives or negatives of this happening? There are no negatives. Okay. I, uh, that's, that's I, yeah, I, I don't understand it. the question. Are there any negatives to this, Robert? I'm just saying, because we have enough... You know, I, I, I... Wait, I see it from your point of view. I think what we should do is we should turn magic into an all-men men's gentlemen's club. Oh and it has God. to be a mandatory that we wear formal attire when we go to F&M. And that's exactly what we want. Steve yes. And, and, and cigars. And gotta get my up. Yeah. <sighs> you have way too much faith in the magic community. Well, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, most can't even bother to take a shower. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll just, I just want to throw this out. Shout out to the guys at Sword and Steel where I play my magic nowadays. They have in the toilet in the gaming store six cans of Axe, hand sanitizer, and breath mints. <laughs> other, other than the cans of Axe, I completely approve of that. Do they have, like, a janitor on hold to, like, hand you the stuff? No, but you, I have heard, this hasn't happened since I've been there, but I have heard of people being forcibly axed by the <laughs> We Okay, story time uh, before we go on with the rest of the podcast. So we used to have this guy that came into my store that reeked so strongly of cat piss. And we were, like, we were trying to be really polite about it and be like, you know, hey, dude, we bought you some deodorant, blah, blah, blah. Well, one day the store owner actually dragged him outside and sprayed him down with Febreze in front of everybody. <laughs> Winning. So, anyway, my problem, the only negative I see, and don't get me wrong, I will be listening to this, is that Magic players, by and large, are a, misogynic, a misogynistic bunch and I already shudder at the potential comments on this podcast. Oh, no, no. I, I couldn't imagine any Magic players being sexist bigamist. No. No, Jack, that's ridiculous. They could never be bigamist because that would require them getting two women, let alone one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, that's not happening. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's my only concern. I know a lot of the people involved. Uh, and I have no doubt that it will be a very informative podcast and no different from any other, except for the fact that all of the people involved happen to have boobies. Exactly. exactly. But I'm an, in I'm an intelligent, educated person, and I happen to believe in gender equality. Unfortunately, that view is not widely held in the magic universe, and I do wonder how it's going to be received by the general hoi polloi, unwashed, neck-bearded Cro-Magnon masses. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I hope that they can take their beats and keep it going because, like, we don't really have anything like this. Well, do we? Do we have, like, a podcast that's most, mostly female or, no. like, any sort and kind of type? Wow. Okay, yeah, then. Female hosts on cast, but, I mean, even there, you know, it's either even or 
with more male hosts on the cast, right? All right, so, then I am vehemently behind this 110% of well, the way, especially if they are the... extremely breathy when they're pronouncing things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I had to say positive or negative. I assume there was no negatives to it outside of the fact that they'll probably end up getting more downloads than we will. Uh, I guess that would be I, I'm not going to lie to you, Robert. Sometimes when I read these show notes, I want to take you out back and beat you. Thank you. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually have some live breaking news while we're here. The top eight, or the top list that has been listed for uh, the Star City Games Invitational, and not surprisingly on this list is Dan Jordan, who's having a really good year. Uh, he's first. Edgar Flores, wow, what a shock. He's third. Yeah, I know. Michael Jacob, another no, no-brainer there. He's fourth. Uh, ben Hayes, who I just watched on a feature match, he did he did quite well. He's sixth. Uh, and the guy who I was upset that got a, a tie for, and he ended up ninth, Gadenis uh, Vergaras, he's very good player. He's an amazing player. And he he was actually tied for seventh, but in a four-way tie, his tiebreakers must not have worked. And we have Patrick Chapin in 13th, and our own Sam Stoddard in 15th. And... Our, one of the, I guess you would call Corbin, what, a semi-regular on the show, Jack? Yeah, we, we can say semi-regular. Semi-regular. He ended up finishing 31st, probably not playing Jace. Probably some form of green, an aggro green or an aggro green white deck. So I just wanted to slip that in real quick while we were doing the show, because it was a, an impressive run. So I'm, I'm not upset. Corbin had a really good weekend this weekend. So props to him right away on that one. But uh, John Randall this week, who wrote a, who writes for BlackBorder.com, is listed as 10 most impressive Magic players he's played against. Is there a list of players that have impressed you as a Magic player? Yep, and a lot of the names are on this list. If it's people I've personally played against then I may be the only one on this podcast whose number one uh, is a slam dunk. Me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Had to slip that. I, I don't even know where to begin with how wrong that is. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. How are those star ascendants treating you? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've actually played against John Finkel. So, oh, oh, wow. That's, that's, that's awesome. kind of a uh, slam dunk right there. <laughs> but he's definitely, without a doubt, the best Magic player I've ever seen and been stomped by. Well, this list will be posted on the show notes, uh, on the part of the show notes. We won't rattle through the top ten, but if there were five players that you have either watched or, in your case, played against that you would put together as a list, who would it be? Um, Does it have to be, like, professional players, or can it be people we know personally? Well, like, Kind of, well, then they wouldn't know who they are. <laughs> no, good point. Well, then I've played against blank, 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 and blank, who was very impressive, and I've only won two games against him in five years. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, well, for me, obviously, like I said, Finkel is, is number one. He's 1-0-1-A in the t- conversation about best players ever. Mm-hmm. Um, other players, though, that have impressed me, not necessarily because they are the best, but just because of the way that they play... Uh, Paolo is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, in terms of pure play skill, I'd have to put 
Ben Stark up there too. Man, he just plays so tight. It's ridiculous. Uh, Flores isn't tight at all. Shut up, Jack. I know <laughs> what you're saying. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chapin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's either LSV or Jerry T is at, at the fifth spot. They're both similar. Well, since since Charlotte's been able to see basically anyone who's ever played Magic, recent in the recent, no, in, in, the recent in the recent era I mean, of it, worked two Grand Prix. It's not like I've been to a Pro Tour or anything. So. That's I can't fine. I missed out Kai. All right. <laughs> well, that's John Finkel, Kai. That's one and one A. We understand. Yeah. But no, go ahead. Out of out of the players you've seen when you've been at the events, who's impressed um, you as a player? Let's see. Who's impressed me? Um, Brad Nelson is quite impressive when he's on his game, but he he tends to be sort of cyclical. I've I've seen from events he'll either be on a good streak or he'll you know just be on full life tilt or whatever. Um, but uh, let's see. Um. Well, I, I, I could name some pros that I'm certainly not impressed with, but that's not That's for next week. That's for next week. <laughs> the next week's notes right away. Uh, anyway, um, but I don't know. I mean, again, just, again, I, I generally, I mean, I'm more, my inter. I mean, I don't, as a judge, you don't really get to stand around watching a lot of games. I mean, unless, until you get to the finals, and by that time you're usually talking with other people. But um, in general, I would say that... Uh, the people, the, the pros that I'm most impressed with are the ones that, you know, more just carry themselves politely and just, I mean, I've seen really tight play from people, but again, it's mostly people that we've already listed, like Patrick Chapin and, you know, Paolo and, you know, other pros like that. LSV is pretty neat to watch play, you know, that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, Gabriel Nassif is pretty cool to watch sometimes. I mean, he actually asked me at Grand Prix Toronto. He actually asked me to go get him some islands during one round of the ma- of the event while he was sideboarding. So it was like, ah, sure. Anyway, I don't know. Um, I mean, in general, I mean, all the pros are, are interesting to watch to a certain degree just because they're these people that, you know, you've heard about and, you know, are just these amazing players, right? Well, but, I, mean, I, I don't think I'd, I've seen enough high-level play personally to really be able to, like, rate people. Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed about going to the ones that I've been able to go see is I, I agree with 1-2 on his list. Shuhei and Paolo are just simply amazing. Shuhei, outside of being absolutely polite, it's just it just seems like when the other guy plays, draw he'll just, he'll just take a second. It just seems like he's taking that second to just wait let things kind of go, and then he plays. And it's like it's so methodical, so there's no tilt, there's nothing from him. And that just amazes me, because how many times have we watched players play and something hits and they're like, oh, man, oh, and, you know, they're just kind of throwing their hands up in the air and the frustration kicks in. I swear you could you could probably, you know, drop a bomb in front of him and he'd still be like, okay, next. Next. In response. In response, here's my anti-bomb. Yeah, and then obviously Paulo. It's and the funny thing about Paulo is, is Paulo is really hilarious when you get him away from the table. He, having him and Juza talk to each other, it's just hysterical how much they'll go off on these 
bizarre angle rants on stuff with each other, and they're just poking fun back and forth and back and forth. It's like a ping pong match, and it's and everybody's like watching them, and these two, and of course, you know, broken English. They're just having so much fun with it. And obviously, Paulo's play obviously has proven that it's been phenomenal. But we will get to that question after this one. Chapin writes this week about cards he saw in Legacy that were making it, that made impacts at the GP. At the end of his article, he asked this question: Is mental misstep good or bad for Legacy? Hmm. I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, it invalidates a lot of cards that have been around for a very long time and hurts a lot of archetypes. But at the same time, I think it was a shakeup that was needed to the format. I mean, honestly, I would say that um, it's – I can't see how it's a bad thing at all. It makes people play more honestly, and, I mean, it, it gives answers to, you know, one-drops that aren't, you know, force of will, right? I mean, you know, forcing a one-drop always feels awful in Legacy as opposed to, you know, being able to just, okay, I'll pay two life and misstep that, and you know. And, okay, you know, I mean, the thing is – it, it makes the, it makes it more fair, makes it more honest. It slows down the format a bit, which is good, I suppose, because you know, legacy can be a, a very quick format sometimes, as opposed to you know other formats. Well, also, I think it gives every single deck in the format, regardless of what colors it's running or what its overall strategy is, a way to deal with Brainstorm, a way to deal with Thoughtseize, a way to deal with Dark Ritual and uh, Aether Vile and, you know, all these other cards I'm sure I can name off the top of my head if we want this podcast to run over time. It's I, I really think those decks needed that because it was getting to a point where literally you could sit down and you could guess how quick the game was going to end within two to three turns. And to me, that's not magic. Sure. Now, a question I'd like to pose to you guys is, do you think that this means uh, as people try to... I, I suppose that people are going to try and play around Metal Misstep at first. Do you think this is going to make uh, Spell Snare more effective? I think the, the whole counter situation is, is just getting out of hand. I mean, Spell Snare is at a counter two drops. You've got Spell Pierce as well. You've got Mental Misstep. You've got Force of Will. Nyx. Days. Nyx, Days, Thwart, Forbid. Well, no, Forbid you still have to cast. Um, you have to cast Nyx as well, and Spellsnare. Well, they're, but they're only one. Well, Sp- Spellsnare is one. What is Nyx, three? Nyx, Nyx, no, Nyx is one. Right, so this is what I'm saying. Like, you've got all these one and zero casting cast counter spells that are all supposed to slow down Legacy, and yet Legacy isn't really slowed much at all. I mean, you're, all you're seeing now is that instead of Aether Vial and, and Goblin Lackey being invalidated, they're just playing for Mental Misstep themselves. Gavin Verhey posted something on Twitter from the SCG Live account this weekend where Brainstorm got Mental Misstepped, then that was Misstepped, then that was Misstepped, then there was another Misstep, and then there was a Red Elemental Blast from the guy who played the Brainstorm. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> so, I heard you like one mana instance. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, in the entire time the stack has been around, that's the most spells I've seen on one stack. So wait, the guy, they literally wasted two to three cards each for a brainstorm to fire off? Sheesh. Yes, 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 they did. And life. So basically, that was the greatest brainstorm ever. It said, basically, one blue, discard three cards, 
pay for Solve life. world hunger. Target opponent loses six life, draw three cards. <laughs> Go. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> nice time warp and him Torak, buddy. Man. Like, double bolt you, him you, and brainstorm. <laughs> <sighs> Get their team America. <laughs> Yowch. Uh, well, let's let's go back. We have Apollo winning the GP this weekend and is now two points away from 300 lifetime before being 24 years old. Can he be on the list of top five all time? Absolutely. Why the hell not? Yeah, sure. Well, can you think of five names that go ahead of him? I can think of three without even blinking. So the question is, are there two more? Because I mean, it's Finkel, Kai, Nassif, right? Those are the top three. Yeah, that's what I have on my. That's that I have on my list, and I had Paulo fourth. Uh, okay, but then you got Bob. You've got uh, Matignon, even though he's been a naughty boy. You've got. I put Shuhei on that list because Shuhei has Shuhei four hundred yeah, lifetime points. Yeah, I tend to forget the Japanese players because yes. I. They sort of came into the game while I was taking a break. Um, so, I mean, he's five or six, definitely. At he's 24. in top ten, top ten for sure. And by the time all is said and done, he may well have surpassed everyone. At 24. Ridiculous. That's the thing. If uh, I could see if this was 34, and we're looking at the tail end of his career. But he hasn't even, I mean, at 24, he hasn't even gotten warmed up. You know, this this is like, quote, before his prime, if you want to say it that way. Oh, yeah. And I actually, I have him in my top five. I have him at four. And there is no doubt that he could potentially, potentially. I'm pretty sure he'll be three. He could be two or one. It depends on how long he wants to play. Because I think he can pass Nassif in time. But passing the last two on that list, passing one and one A, He's he's gonna have to do some pretty phenomenal stuff, and not saying that he can't, but still, it's a difficult mountain to climb. The other stat that happened from this weekend is Owen again has his third straight top eight GP in three different formats. Your thoughts on this? This guy is ridiculous. Like between I agree. Go ahead. Between him and, and Paolo, I mean, they're just, it, it's crazy. Is there anything these guys can't do? The the beautiful thing about it is, is uh, talking to uh, Tristan before the show, Owen and LSV spend a lot of time together. And it's, ironically, you know, LSV does, quote, a lot of mentoring for Owen. And how ironic this year that Owen's the one in first place for player of the year and LSV's having a challenging year, to say the least. It's it's quite interesting. Well, the, uh, you know, I there's going to be absolutely zero logic in this statement, and uh, like most of the things I've seen on the podcast, but mm-hmm. um, he's doing really well right now, but it happens with pro players. They all have a you know, a great year here, a great year there, a great six months or whatever. 
And then they just can't break out. I mean, that's like, I think Conley Woods is a great player myself, and especially after talking with him and kind of getting his ideas on deck building and stuff like that. Conley's had a really bad year. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's any denying that, but do I expect him to pick back up? Yeah. So as great as this guy's doing, as much mentoring as he's probably got, just like LSV, he better be ready for when it all comes crashing down. And it hurts inside. Oh, it does. Come on, take it away, Chris. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Did I, I didn't hear it. Did Charles, did you say anything on this? I apologize. I didn't hear you. Uh, no, I was waiting for the, for a moment to jump in. Um, <laughs> it, in general, though, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the man's obviously just great at magic, and he's on a hot streak. I mean, honestly, I mean, I think the fact that they're all – that they're all GPs has more to do than the fact that they're, you know, three different formats. I mean, the thing is, getting through a GP is obviously, uh, you know, a big deal, right? I mean, it's just a grueling slog to get through two days, you know, 20 hours of competition. You know, I mean, there, there's a certain degree of mental conditioning, and obviously having that, I mean, Owen Off, I mean, I don't know, I've never met the guy, I don't know you know, how he prepares for events, but um, he must either just ha- naturally have what it takes or must just be in the right sort of headspace to be able to deal with these long, long days to just be able to put up such consistent results, right? Well, he is XOing for a reason in day one. Well, true enough, true enough. Right, that, that's, that's what's scary is that it just seems like it's day one, it's going to be XO, and... There's Owen right there, top of the list, top of the leaderboard. It just seems phenomenal. Now this next week could be the real, the real statement or challenge because it is a pro tour, and you know it's not like he's going to be getting a free ride anytime during any of those rounds. So I, I would think next week would have a a bigger say in how well his season is truly going. But going into the pro tour this weekend. The race for player of the year is Owen with 36, Ben Stark with 34, and Paolo with 26. All three are Channel Fireball teammates. Could this be the year that Channel Fireball dominates player of the year? Yes, and it's about damn time. I mean, they they would have done last year, but there were some shady deals going on with... uh, Brad Nelson signing with Star City right before the invitation before the Magic Weekend. That's still that's still a win because it's it's like the foot it's like a baseball player that plays you know most of the year with one team then gets traded to another team at the end of the season. You know it's like he's been there for the whole season pretty much except for the end. Mm. Right, except that Magic is an individual sport, not a team sport per se. Right, so it is. I agree, but when you're seeing the names at the top of the list and they're all wearing the same logo across the front of their chest or the back of their oh, shirts. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, obvi- obviously the team you're with has a lot to do with training and getting ready for events. So, I mean, there's no doubt that, that, that you know, Channel Fireball played a big part in, you know, Brad's success last year, certainly. And I mean, I'm honestly been wondering if the fact that he left Channel Fireball and left this, this crew that he was used to training with had some has something to do with the fact that he hasn't been putting up any real good results this year. So 
That's an interesting question. Mental note. Write that down for the next show. Um, it is interesting. I just think that, well, Ben's not going to make a habit of making a lot of PTs or GPs in general. He's, his Basically, his events are going to be the GP before the Pro Tour and the Pro Tour events. Because, like he said numerous times, he makes more money playing poker than he would ever playing Magic. Right. So I, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I, it would be tough to see Ben at the end of the year in the top five just because he's going to miss so many GPs. Mm-hmm. But Apollo Owen duel to the final would be quite interesting. At least that's in my point of view. But let's have some fun, guys. Leg one of our fantasy draft starts this week. Pro Tourner Goya, we can pick five players each. Their finish in the tourney equals how many points you get, and the lowest point total wins. Oh, this ought to be easy. So, so since since we have a judge here, and we would be all out of line if we didn't have our judge go first. I'm gonna pick Paolo. There's a shock. There's a tough one, <laughs> man. Don't you hate it when you go out on a limb with this? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I've taken real chances here. Let's see. Well, I Jackson, mean, do I really need to say why? I mean, no, probably not. How about he's Paolo? <laughs> sure. He's Paolo, and he just wins. Uh, all right. No, Chris, Chris. Okay. <laughs> you got to be nice. Jack, you and, I, you and I go last. That's the whole point. Especially since I'm just looking for a list of players with funny names right now. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> funny names. Apologies to all our Asian listeners. Yes. I'm going to go with X Owen. All right. Jack, are you done looking for funny names? Uh, I shall go last. Okay. Then you get the wraparound pick, by the way, Jack. So you're going to have to find two funny names. Okay, gotcha. Okay. It's going to be very hard for me to go against a man who's basically playing right down the street from his house. I'm going to go with Shuhei. All right. So uh, for the wraparound pick, I guess I'm going to pick Luis. I think I'm hearing him. I think he said Matt Ma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure that this gentleman is going to pro tour Nagoya, but I'm going to go. Hey, I'll take one real pick. That works for me. Who is your other pick? Uh, LSD and Tristan Scott Gregson, seriously. Oh, he's going to the Pro Tour. He's not playing in a dingling. He's going to be in a... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's see here. Uh, somebody's already picked Paulo. Uh, somebody's already got Owen. I'm sure. Did anybody hear that? No. Jack? Jack? Yeah. Uh... This is not going to work. All right, so so we'll hold Jack's pick, and since Jack doesn't know what he's picking, he'll take Conley. Yeah, there we go. That works. I'm good with that. <laughs> Jack, thank you and welcome back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Roberto, to you. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm, I don't know if he's, oh, shoot, that's the problem is I don't know if he's going. Um, oh, that's tough. This is tough. Um, okay, so what happens if players don't go that are on our picks? Like... Well, then you get a last place, whatever the last place would be. That's kind of tough. Yeah, because there are going to be certain people who will and will not be there. I'm wondering, I don't know if, no, that, is this the World Series of Poker weekend now? 
Or I don't know. But I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll take a chance. Ha <laughs> ha! I found a list. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go to with Efro. Efro. Yeah, I, I think he was actually gonna take some time off to go to the World Series. Him and Dave Williams. So. Yeah, I don't know if Dave Williams is going, but I'll take a chance on Efro. If not, I'll take a last place on him. Okay. Chris. Kibler. Choice. Top of the mountain, rap picks. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Chapin and Brad Nelson. I think they're both due for a solid finish at this point. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I've already got Owen. And Kibler, who both are going to let me go. Let me make his his day and and go with Matt Ma and Smitty can forgive me now. Wow. That well, I I assume he's going there. I mean, he's already over there. He's at GP Singapore, so it would make sense. You would think that he would he would be there too, but I could be completely. I would not be surprised if I'd be completely wrong that he would not show up. But that would be my luck on that, that he would not be coming. Let's see. Hold on a second. You know what? I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Raphael Levy. Jack, rap picks. Rap picks, here we go. Okay, Gerardo Goldanas Estrada is my first pick. And hold on a moment. Let's see what else I can find. Eric Estrada. Oh, yeah. Eric Estrada. I thought he was on chips. You have to. Yeah, he's also a magic player. His shades help him win. Ah. He's the highest ranked player in the world. Oh. Uh, I'm well. also gonna pick. Uh, let's see who. Else. Tobias Grafensteiner. Because <laughs> I root for the underdog people. Yeah. Last time you did that, Jack, one of those people popped in the top 16. So, nice job. Hey, shot, I take a shotgun approach to everything I do. By gosh, one of them will be a winner. Yeah. Well, since I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna play it safe. I'm gonna take Martin Juza. <laughs> Pretty safe. Yes. All right. Well, since you've taken Juza, I'm gonna go with another local boy and go with Yuya Watanabe. There you go. Mm. And the last two rap picks. Hmm. Let me think here. Uh, which Japanese players have been taken already? Shuhei. Tanabe. Yeah. Tanabe. Okay. Um, hmm. um, I'm going to go with uh, Godenis Vidigaris and... Is Nassif going to be in Nagoya? Does anyone know? don't know. I hadn't heard. I'd go with Nassif if I knew it was going, but um, well, hold on, it's block, right? Let me see. So I'm not gonna go too far out on a limb there. Uh, I'm trying to see if he was listed in the uh, day two results of. Mm-hmm. If he did, he had a really bad tournament. Yeah, I'm already down in the hundreds, yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't see him. All right, let me see here. Let me think, let me think. Uh, 
I'm going to go with, no, I'm just trying to think now. This is a tough pick. Let me think here. Can you read off who already has been picked, just so I can oh. refresh my memory? Right. Sorry. You took you took Pottle, Chapin, and Brad Nelson. Right. This has taken Owen, Kibler, and Smitty, and Watanabe. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt Marr. Uh, I've taken Shuhei, Efro, <laughs> Levy, and Juza. Jack's picked right. LSB, Conley, um, Eric Estrada, and Raffenstein. <laughs> Okay. I've got my next pick ready. <laughs> and let me think. Give me five seconds here. I'm trying to think of who is his partner's name. The blonde hair guy at Chips. <laughs> oh, I know. Actually, it just popped in my head. The character's real name was John Wilcox. There <laughs> we go. That's my last pick. There, there's absolutely useless information right there that you'll never, ever want to know. But came right into my head. <laughs> Can tell it. No, Jack, you can't take him. No. <laughs> Too late. It's on the show notes. It's official. No, it's not. Ding dong. Uh, let me think. Let me think here. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's just go. Oh wait, I missed Phil Cox. Hold on. Oh jeez. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's go with Josh Utter Layton. Oh, you. Guys. Ah, that was my pick. Yeah, he had a good. He had a good. A good weekend too, and, and he's testing more. with, and he's testing with um, he Paolo work. too. Yeah. Oh, one more. Well, I said uh, go Dennis Verdigaris. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot to put that on there. I'm sorry. <sighs> Alex Chris has lost his name. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who else is testing with Paolo from the CFB crew. I know um, Josh was. Uh, I could tell you, but then that would take my pick. Let me go with Sam Black. And he is out there currently right now. I think he finished like like 1.30 this last weekend. I'm going to go with the big Ocho, David Ochoa. Oh, yes, of course. Gotta take <laughs> this is the guy, no, you're not taking James Brown. <laughs> Why? This is the beautiful thing about having live show notes that you can type in really anything you want, and Jack literally does. So please believe right. before we do that. I so, have to edit. <laughs> I guess it's my time to make a a real pick, right? There's there's some good names out there for you, Jack. There are some good names out there, and I'm gonna go with Adam Robin Yurchek? Meeker Cummings. Adam Yurchek? No, Robin Meeker Cummings. You That's gonna not how you that. say KYT. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get yeah, yeah, Canadian? He doesn't count. Oh, All right. <laughs> yeah, Ow. I'm going with Robin. No, I like KYT. He's a good guy. You, you type uh, it in. Uh, I have to. It's Meeker Cummings. Meeker dash Cummings. Come on, Robert. Somebody in. The, I know on a podcast full of men, so they can spell Cummings or Cummings very easily. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'll write it in the show notes. Thank you. <laughs> you better be glad I like you, Robert. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. At least I'm here to defend my notes this week, unlike last week. <laughs> oh. uh, all right, Robin Meeker Cummings. There we go. Bam. Excellent. 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 Well, we're at that point now. Well, I'm going to pull that. We're at the hour mark. It sounds like I'm <laughs> saying a minute magic. <laughs> but without Tangent having his rants to keep the show going on for another 30 minutes,
Uh, let's. It's it's been Sunday, and Chris, how many shows did you record this weekend so far? Uh, only this one so far. Oh, you have another week, one to do. Yeah, I'm going straight into another one after this. Yes. And up on the network this week, I am in Commander Cast. I am in Avant Card. I will be in Horde of Notions. I'm in the Great Debate. I I don't know. I just sit here by a microphone. Jack. Podcast whore. Jack. That's me. Jack. Yeah. I yeah. don't do that many. <laughs> so you know. All right. All right. Hey. I'll quit giving you crap about okay. it, buddy. Okay. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> and I'm just teasing you, Robert. Come I know. On. I know. Well, it's the end of the show. Let's uh, give our goodbyes and all that happy stuff. And uh, Chris, start with you. I'm just going to give shout-outs to all of the people who I podcast with and all of the people who listen to my voice. And a special shout-out to Nina, who said, not realizing it was me, that British guy knows what he's... Or is good as... This guy with a British accent is good at this. So God bless you, Nina. <laughs> Love you. <to> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not like Nina to actually say something nice to someone's face. I know. Or, or to have their back, or at any point ever. Oh, come on. Nina's a sweetheart. Chris Dodges. Yes. Chris Dodges for his life as Nina threatens to kill him. <laughs> She's going to strap me to a batter skull in her basement. She already promised me that. There you go. I mean, threaten me with that. You'd like that too much. Awkward. Somebody else's turn now. Jack. All right, so I'm going to give a huge shout-out to Kami of the Crescent Moon, who I actually piloted yesterday to a successful three-hour game where I ended up taking infinite turns. It was beautiful. So there's my shout-out, ma'am. Charlotte, save us. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to all the hardworking judges that have been doing a great job from what I've seen at the SCG Invitational this weekend, and all the judges out there at other stores and doing events. You guys are awesome. Keep doing a great job. Yay, judges. Except, uh, except for when you cut, cut in and say they're playing incorrectly. You caught them twice this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, but... Well, once was for the graveyard. What was the other one? I missed the second one. I forgot what you I... said the second one. Did you say more than one? Yeah, I've seen a couple things. I mean, I, I saw him do the graveyard thing a couple times, but other than that. Anyway, back to shout-out, so we can talk okay. about the side. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to all the other ladies that are working with me to get the Sarah's Angels podcast up and running. Um... Sage Gnosis, Rujaret, uh, Sunni, FD, FDC, oh, God, who else? Uh, Carla Artist, and, oh, Moxie MTG, of course. Um, anyway, look, look for the Sarah's Angels podcast. It's gonna be awesome. All, all woman hosted podcast about magic. It'll be great. Uh, no firm date on the first episode yet, but keep your eyes peeled and follow the podcast's Twitter account at at Sarah's Angels, S-E-R-R-A-S-A-N-G-E-L-S. Yes, absolutely. And I'd like to thank Tangent for dedicating his weekend to going to meet up with people at the uh, MTG cast event. Now, unfortunately, they didn't. They were going to try to have us on the show, but I guess that recording didn't work out as well as they planned to. So that didn't work, but... Otherwise, outside of that, I'd like to uh, 
Who else I want to give a shout out to? I'm on so many shows I, I can't I can't remember who I need to give a shout out to. But uh, tangent for hopefully getting this stuff put back together and editing the hell out of the show because I'm not editing it tonight. That's just not happening. <laughs> um, oh, the one thing I did want to bring up real, real quick. You're already up to 56 followers on Sarah's Angels. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess the name's just really catchy just, <laughs> or something. Just so you know, you're up to 56 yeah. already. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I was at 53 when I checked earlier today. But, yeah, I yeah think it seems, there seems to be a lot of interest, which is great. So I still think the idea of having someone record the intro with a smooth voice in this Charlie's Angels fashion. Yeah. Absolutely has to be done. Well, of course, of course. We can... Uh, we can well, thank you. I'm volunteering my services to do that. DJ in. No, it has to be DJ in. Oh. Who's that? Uh, Nick Bonham. Jin. Uh, Jin's Playground. Yeah. No, no. I, in keeping with the theme, it should probably be a woman, but whatever. Uh, that could be <laughs> difficult finding one who's not on the cast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you have me to do it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. She doesn't have, I don't know, she doesn't have the smoothest of voices, and like she said, she doesn't want to be on radio, so. Doesn't want to share. Adina. Get Adina to do it. Why not? I'm sure she would. Sure. Well, on that note, let's kill this right now before we Bam! turn ourselves kill into another fire. podcast. And let, and let Chris do his next podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Um, our numbers have been surprisingly good, I guess, in my opinion, I'd like to say. And that's a reflection a lot on the network itself doing really well. And on that note, this is a, another episode of... Wait, where am I screwed? I, yeah, man, I screwed. <laughs> Just, I keep forgetting where I'm at right now, is it? There's Monday Morning Magic. Oh, whatever. And for the rest of the gang and myself, thank you for listening. 